You're listening to Your Bright Future, a Lava Ridge counseling podcast connecting home and school, where we share tips and tools to build a bright future for our students. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Your Bright Future. This is our Lava Ridge counseling podcast with Mrs. J. And Mr. LD. We are super excited to be with you. Our school year is winding down, and so we only have two or three episodes left this year, which we're super excited about, but... Um, Today, we want to talk to you about a concept that we teach our children here at the school. Um, We come back to it often because Mm -hmm. it is such a good metaphor for relationships, but it's called the emotional bank account or Mm -hmm. relationship bank account. I've heard it called that as well. And um, it's based on research, which Mr. LD is going to tell you about in just a second. But um, the reason we love teaching this to the kids is because it is an easy way for them to think about interactions with others and how they play out and why sometimes relationships struggle, mm-hmm. um, which are kind of deep concepts to teach to 12 and 13 year olds. Yeah, but, yeah, for sure. But with this imagery, I think we do a little bit better. I think it is starting to be a little bit more outdated where kids don't really have bank accounts. <laughs> People don't have bank accounts yeah, anymore. Yeah. Well, we do, but it's like all debit. And yeah, stuff. just all numbers. Yeah. So, but it is, uh, you know, for those of us that are kind of old school, we like it. So, why don't you go ahead and tell them, Jared, about yeah. um, the Gottman research? No, right? I, it's so and, fascinating. Totally. And just to reiterate, this is such useful. And, and honestly, if you've never heard this stuff before, it might be useful to you as a, um, you know, just in your own life, in your relationships with your kids, friends, you know, significant other. Um, but, the kind of initial grounding for it comes from the Gottman Institute, which if you don't know, the Gottman Institute is a very famous kind of research institute about uh, their, their, their big emphasis is on marriages and, and romantic relationships. And in a lot of their studies, you know, this is a few decades ago, but they were able to predict with amazing uh, rates of, of what marriages would survive and which marriages would end in divorce. They, they were upwards of 90% after meeting with a couple and, and kind of having them work through some area of conflict in their lives. And, and they were able to, at 90%, and, and, and a lot of that was just how they interact in those areas of conflict, um, which is amazing. I, I would be kind of nervous to go through that. Obviously, you know, that's like the... I've never asked anyone. You know, for sure, for sure. To, to judge me on that matter. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I wouldn't want to be one, oh, uh-oh, this isn't looking good. <laughs> um, but, but one of the big takeaways that they... Uh, kind of counsel couples and and, the, and and again this starts with the couples but really in any relationship in your life is that ideally you have five to one ratio of positive interac- interactions to negative and and ideally that that's in times of conflict where you have a disagreement or, or uh, some tension in the relationship and in normal positive times close to 20 to one is the ideal but you know in that range whether it's 20 to one or five to one Obviously, the the positive interactions are far outnumbering the negative, um, and and again, obviously, you can't divorce your child <laughs> as much as sometimes we might like to, but it's something you know you could kind of do a self audit on how your relationship is with your kid, you know, your son or daughter, sons or daughters, um, you know, do you feel like you could use improvement? I I know. 
that's that's probably true for most of us. Even if you feel like you have an A plus relationship, might as well get some extra credit and kind of yeah. move that into the the A plus plus range. And and these are tips that are useful. And and I think that's such a great skill that we try to teach our students as well. Is where you kind of do a self audit. You know how mm-hmm. and it, and it gives them some power and how they could have relationships with their friends, their teachers, their their um, parents, of course, their siblings. I, I think that's yeah, useful. Yeah, and conflict is common in any relationship. And For so sure. you're always going to have conflict. But but when you're thinking of it in terms of the withdrawals and the deposits that we're going to get into, like it really can help you to, like you say, kind of self-correct. Like mm-hmm. if you see, oh, I'm doing a lot of things, my, my the ratio's out of balance, or I'm taking a lot more out of the relationship than I should be, then you can... Uh, self-correct, yeah, which for is sure. a great thing. And what makes in a relationship work ultimately? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's give and take, right? I mean, we yeah. all hear that. You know, it needs to go both ways. Um, and I think, I mean, if you think of your own life, if all of us could go back in time, you know, just anecdotally thinking of your, as a, as a child, you know, with, with teachers that you really loved or really enjoyed, they're probably ones that put a lot of deposits in your emotional bank account, whether that's that they showed that they really cared about you, they were fun, they they knew things about you, they asked about you. Um, same with parents. You know, if you if you had a really strong relationship with your, your parents or siblings, you probably had a lot of deposits into that bank account. I could think of my own life. I, I've kind of talked about him before, but I had a favorite high school teacher, Mr. Page. He was a chemistry teacher. You know him a little yes, bit. He's, I do know he's, he's retired now. I actually saw him just not too long ago, but he, he was one of my favorite teachers. And I didn't love chemistry, but it was that emotional bank account that he was really good at. He was kind of a humorous, funny teacher. And, and he seemed to really care about me and kind of knew a little bit about me. And, and those put a lot of deposits into my bank account. And, and that was reciprocated. Yeah. And it's powerful to realize that you have control over some of that. Like a lot of times we think of relationships as things that, well, either you get along with someone or you don't get along with someone or, you know, you, you um, click in some mm-hmm, way. Mm-hmm. But it really is true that you can control that to some degree. You know, you can make an effort and you can give more than others. And and so that's what we encourage the kids to do here at the school is like if you're struggling and you want to be friends with someone but you're struggling, then look for ways to do kind things yeah. and, and increase that positivity ratio. For sure. And we'll, we'll, we're going to get to some tips for you as a parent, ways you could, you know, common dip withdrawals and deposits. But one of the things we coach our our students on is how they could do that with parents and teachers, yeah. right? You know, there's those teacher and parent pleasing skills and, and all of us are different, but hopefully your kids know for you, what is a big deposit or withdrawal, you know, for, for you, maybe making their bed is a big deposit, right? And, and, and helping them frame it this way, you know, not necessarily in the, I mean, you can use this exact verbiage, the emotional bank account, but just saying, Hey, when you do that, that helps me feel great about you and you're more willing to, you know, have some give and take and, and you're, I'll trust you more and it just helps me start the day in a good way. Or, or here are the things that really, you know, cross the line for me. And, and again, your kids probably know that stuff. But for like for me with my boys, one of the big things is is when they lie, right? You know, they, they make mistakes, they're kids, but if they try to lie to cover up for it, that's a big deposit or withdrawal for me. And and I try to communicate that. Not again, not necessarily in those terms. My kids are six, three and one. Um, but they know that's a big no no. You know, if you own up to your mistakes, 
it's going to be a lot better for you, you know, and, mm-hmm. and just punishments and, and kind of my reaction versus if you lie about it and still get caught, you yeah. know. Yeah, so. Yeah. so tell us what, what exactly is an emotional bank account? Um, because I know that our kids know that and they sure, might talk sure. about that. And so for parents, I think it's a good yeah, idea no, for them no, no, to no. know exactly what that is, what we're talking about with withdraw- withdrawal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So again, just kind of like a... Hopefully, you know, all our bank accounts, we have a varying degrees of money in there. But but the idea that any time we want to run positive, we want to be in the black, not in the red yes. in our bank accounts, our emotional bank accounts. So when you or someone does something kind for you or a little action or even just a smile or a kind word, that's a deposit, you know, and there's varying sizes, you know, that might be a $10 deposit um, where someone do, doing a huge act of service or, or something really kind for you or really going out of their way to do something special for you could be a big deposit. You know, I'm just picking numbers, $1,000, you know, where, right. where you're helping that. And it's unique to everybody, right? Like you and I, Tanya, we have an emotional bank account between us. I have one with my wife. I have one with all my students in the building. Yep. You know, there's an emotional bank account for for all the different relationships we have. And of course, there's common withdrawals that deplete that. And that is natural. That's going to happen, right? That With every relationship you have, there, there's kind of ebbs and flows. But we want to maximize the positives, maximize those deposits. Right. And the more that we do that, then the more trust we have. For sure. Between- for sure each other because we know that whatever we do, whatever mistake we make, whatever we might do wrong in the relationship, we've done enough positive, good deposit kind of things to cover that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I think, I think that's such a powerful analogy. Trust we hit all the time in these podcasts and Mm -hmm. and it's so foundational to any relationship, but think about banks, right? I mean, we've kind of seen in the news lately, there's some banks failing and stuff. and, And if we did not trust our financial institutions, which you may or may not for varying levels. But if you didn't trust that having your bank and your your money in your local bank, that it would be safe, you wouldn't use it, right? You would not make deposits there. But because there's that, that foundation of trust, we were able to do that. And that goes so far in relationships as well. I love this quote by uh, just an occupational therapist, Red, Ridven Foxall. He says, one of the key foundations of a strong relationship is, is trust. In order to build trust, one must continually make deposits of honesty, kindness, unconditional love, patience, all of those essential virtues and st- that strengthen any relationship. In so doing, we build large reserves in the emotional bank account. And I, and I think, you know, those, those are some big principles, but very true. Those are things that, you know, for any relationship would make big deposits. It's like having a rainy day fund, right? Yeah, like you yeah. Got all this money put away and then, because you know, you know, relationships are going to go through ups and downs. And so, you know, that's coming, but you want to have enough in there to cover and to, to reserve. So for sure, yeah, I for love sure. that quote as well. That's a great one. Um, so some common withdrawals um, that you may encounter in your relationship, especially with your children. I mean, we're kind of focusing on parent-child relationship Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. with this podcast, but um, one of the big ones that we see more often now in this strange new world that Mm -hmm, we live in is mm -hmm. just checking your phone or being on your phone when your child is trying to interact or speak with you or get your attention. Um, We see that a lot. We hear that a lot from kids, you know, saying my mom's always on her phone. My dad's always Mm -hmm, on her phone. I mm -hmm. I can't talk to them. Or when I try to talk to them, I can't get their attention. And, and that's something that I think is a big 
withdrawal with kids, especially. And we as parents might not even notice that we're doing that. And that's the downside of the phone phenomenon is that you just sometimes don't even notice. Um, But that's a big one. So we need to be aware of that. Um, Nagging is another Mm -hmm. one or trying to get a kid to do something on your timeline, right? Like Mm -hmm. I, I, in my own family, my husband um, and my kids are all grown now, but my husband used to be like, take the garbage out right now. Mm -hmm. And they were busy doing something of their, you know, something on their agenda, but he wanted them to just drop everything right that minute and go do that. And we learned, you know, through trial and error many times that that's not the best way, right? That's that sometimes you say, Hey, I want you to do this in the next half an hour or Mm -hmm. wrap that up. And then, you know, so anytime you're nagging or demanding, that can be a withdrawal. Yeah, well. power struggles, right? Power you know, struggle. where, is it, where it's right then. I, I love how you're framing that, that, you know, you still have those expectations, but not, yeah. maybe not right then. Yeah. Yelling or screaming at a child, that's mm-hmm. definitely a withdrawal. That's That goes back to the Gottman research where you are like disgust, mm-hmm. um, you are frustrated, you're mm-hmm. upset, you're angry. You know, some of those things, those are never good for relationships. Um, criticizing them calling attention to all of their mistakes or flaws, um, being sarcastic. That's a big one. I Mm. think because a lot of times young kids, young people don't get sarcasm. Yeah. They don't understand it. Um, they take you at your word. And so if you're like, Oh, you're so smart or, you know, or whatever it is Mm -hmm. you're saying, like sometimes, sometimes they'll, well, that's the opposite of (laughs) (laughs) it, but they'll take you at your word rather than get the hidden meaning. Yeah. Um, talking about them negatively to others, you know, and that's easy to do. I think as a parent, you're venting, you're yeah. trying to get your frustrations out and it's like, Oh, my kids, you know, they, but that if they overheard that or if it came back to them, that's always a hard thing. Um, interrupting them when they're speaking to you. That's a big one for any relationship. Yeah, I think yeah. people want to be heard and they want to feel like they're being heard. And so when you talk over them or interrupt them, and I, I have a bad habit of doing that, like interjecting, jumping into a conversation because you're excited. I excel at that too. (laughs) (laughs) Judging them, friends or interests. I think that's one of the most harmful things you can do, especially at this age, Mm -hmm. in this age group, because kids will shut off. They'll close off if they feel like they're being judged or if they feel like you don't approve Mm -hmm. of something that they're doing because they're in, they're in full on experimental mode. They're exploring their own, um, interests and personalities and in, and things that they're good at. And so if they feel any kind of criticism or judgment or feel like you disapprove, then they'll just be like, well, I'm not going to tell, I'm not going to tell my sure. mom or dad about that. I'm not going to talk to them about that because they're just going to shut me down. Yeah. Right. And so you want to, you want to keep that relationship as open as can be. And, and to be clear, sometimes you need these conversations, right? If, if your kids have friends that are toxic to them and their well being, that is a conversation that is necessary. And and that's why we're talking about, you know, the five to one ratio and all right. those. We're not saying never do these withdrawals. Absolutely. Obviously, some of them try to minimize and avoid, you know, you don't want to just criticize, you know, uh, how, you, how, whatever they can't control. Um, and But remember the five to one ratio and so much of that, again, we could go back to when people have criticized us or been negative to us. These things stick. I mean, let's say you're, you're 10 to one ratio with your kid. You're, you're lovingly you're loving, you're expressive with how much you care about them, how, much, how highly you think of them. 
but you, one time you slip up and just say something unkind or critical of them, so often that one thing sticks. What do they remember? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that's true for all of us, right? Yes. I mean, I, I'm sure there's times as a counselor when it, it kids will be like, oh, I don't like Mr. LD. He said this at one time. When I try to be as loving and kind as possible, but it, I'm not perfect. I make mistakes. I, I tease and go overboard with that. But we that's why that that positive, for whatever reason, our brains ne- are programmed to kind of absorb and, and grab the negative and not so much with the positive. And it used to be a survival mechanism where now it's not so much that way. So we have to purposely counterbalance that. And I think having explicit conversations about this, you know, the ratio with with your significant other, with your kids is a good idea. You know, as a family, was, let's do this. Let's try to be more positive with that. And, and on the opposite side, you modeling when you do make mistakes, because you're going to, you're human. I make mistakes, you make mistakes, we all make mistakes as parents, as, as significant as others, as friends. Um, owning that, right? When we realize we were making a, make, a big withdrawal, especially an accidental withdrawal, quickly apologize and do your best to stop. And again, sometimes we know we're going to have to do that. So your kids have to do their chores. If they have friends that are bad for them in their mental health, you're, it's good to express to concern about that. Mm-hmm. But but again, kind of like a big expense in your life, you don't want all of a sudden your, your bank account or your credit card bill to be super high and be like, what did I spend my money on? You kind of want to be thoughtful and plan ahead for those kind of things. Absolutely. Um, yeah. yeah, so, so let's talk about some yeah, deposits. Some, some deposits, some common deposits, which these are, I, I think, I, again, know your kid, know your family. These are going to vary, you know, your mileage might vary depending on your family. Um, but apologize when you make a mistake. Huge, right? Hard. You know, even, it's so funny, okay. even my little toddler, it's, it's just like a weird human nature thing. It's hard to apologize even from such an early age. But there's power in it, especially sincere apologies if you mess up. And you apologize to your kid and mean it, that goes a long way. That's sure. that's a that's a deposit right there. Really listen. Here's another one. No interrupting or looking at your phone. That could be hard. My my boy, my six-year-old, I love him to pieces, but he could go on for 20 minutes about football or Pokemon if I let him. And and he's just in his own imaginary world with those things. And that could be hard. And again, I'm not saying you have to go that long, but it, it could be very <laughs> tempting to interrupt or look at my phone or things like that. But but really listen and, and give them your undivided attention to an extent. Again, that doesn't mean they, they, they get that no matter what. Um, spend time with them. Play a game or cook with them. And it could be things you're doing. My my toddler and my baby love doing that. When I'm in making dinner or cleaning, you know, they just want to come kind of watch me or help me. And that is a deposit right there with the, those boys. Absolutely. Um, you want to take some of them, I guess? Um, yeah. Greet them as they come home. That's kind of one that uh, we are all kind of used to. Um, how's your day? You know, yeah, asking yeah. some questions, just trying to connect with them in that way. And um, they may not always appreciate it. They may like roll their eyes and be like, oh. <laughs> sure, sure. Or I don't know. I don't know. Nothing, nothing. Right. Yeah. But, but the fact that you tried is I think the deposit. And often they come out later, like uh, even my kindergartner, he'll come home, I'll, I'll pick him up and I'll be like, how was school today? Fine. But, it, but the fact that you're asking shows that you want to know. And then later when we're playing or, you know, eating dinner, he'll just start sharing stuff. And yeah. I'm like, Oh, you didn't tell me that earlier, but cool. I want to hear about but their that. brain came around to it. Yeah, expressing gratitude is another way. And this is something my kids and I used to do every night when I would tuck them into bed when they were little, I'd ask them, okay, what are five good things that happened today? And they still talk about that. They still remember that that was a tradition or a routine that we had as part of our day. And it can be a really good um, 
way to connect, way to that. hear about each other's day, way to, you know, put those deposits in the account. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and we've, we've mentioned this before, but notice what they're doing. Pay attention to what yeah. they're doing. Attend their activities, mm-hmm. right? Um, be kind and patient. Those are big ones, I think. And every kid's going to value different things differently, but these are all definitely deposits. Yeah. Um, go ahead. Yeah, when your kid, like us, they're going to mess up. They're going to make mistakes, mm-hmm. you know, they're especially at this age. Adolescents are full of it. Their underdeveloped brains are, are going to make mistakes. Um, but be patient with them. Be compassionate. You know, to practice the golden rule. When you were a kid and, when it, and made mistakes, because you did, how did you like when your parents reacted? Or how would you have preferred if they would have treated you in those moments? And, and help them solve their own problems. That's a big one. You know, don't, don't necessarily just jump in and fix all their problems for them, but, but help them figure out their problems. You, you're there for them. You have their back, but, but help them kind of figure that out. Laugh with them. Find, you know, similar things, whether it's silly TikToks you're watching or YouTube videos or shows you like or just silly stories, you know, inside jokes you have. But humor is such a great deposit and powerful one. This is a huge one. And this goes both ways. Right. If you don't do this, this is a huge withdrawal. But keep your promises. And, you know, don't make promises that you can't do. But when you do make promises, make them happen. You know, you tell them you're going to be somewhere. You tell them you're going to do something tomorrow. Make it happen. You know, uh, exceptions happen. Things come up. And and hopefully they know that most of the time you do your best to follow through. Um, and, and this, some families excel at this, some struggle. Say, I love you, right? Some of our students rarely hear that in their lives. But some, you know, are, are saturated with that in their home. And that's great if you are. But sometimes when we didn't hear that a lot of, as, as kids, that can be kind of uncomfortable or awkward. But it is such... A deposit, and at first, if you don't say it at home, you know that your kids are gonna be like, "What's going on?" Yeah. You know, <laughs> but but if you if you kind of ease into that, and and obviously you show that, but but I think explicitly saying it can be so powerful too. Well, anytime you say "I love you" or hug each mm-hmm. other, um, it releases those chemicals in your brain that that bond us, yeah. right? And that's part of it is when we're doing these kind things, these. Um, considerate things, respectful things that are deposits, that's what we're doing is we're, we're creating a bond between each other. And so it's an amazing um, way to kind of look at it. And, and like I said earlier, just to check ourselves and to mm-hmm. self-correct if we need it. So mm-hmm. um, we encourage you to talk to your kids about this. You know, it, it always helps what we're teaching here at the school stick a little bit better when they hear it at school and then you guys talk about it and then it's like, Oh, I heard that at school yeah. and it just brings it yeah. back to recall and it, it helps them to know uh, that we're, you know, this is something that's important mm-hmm. for them. So thank you again for listening. We are so appreciative. We've had a great time this year um, recording these podcasts. Like I said, we have one or two left, so mm-hmm. please tune in and share as much as you can and we will see you in a week or two. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you.